guys. Welcome to the last episode of Shoot the Shit for 2021. Shoot the Shit, if you're unfamiliar, is a long-form podcast where I talk with amazing individuals in the fitness industry. They're doing awesome things. And in this final episode, I am so excited. I get to have Brandon Coden of CrossFit Grandview in Columbus, Ohio. Brandon is not only someone I consider a friend, a colleague, he's also been a client of mine since, uh, uh, shit, I don't know, end of 2017, going into 2018, somewhere around there. We started working together professionally. And I remember him distinctly. He was one of the first owners I got to work with that had been a consistent one million dollar a year gym. I mean, this guy's OG. He's been around him. He's been doing this over a decade. He's been here for a hot minute and he's done consistently well. And he's always looking to learn. He's always looking to kind of push the level, push, you know, what he's doing and, and looking to the next step. And I've enjoyed working with him over the years. And he's he finally has culminated a lot of what I've talked about in my content. And he purchased a very impressive piece of commercial real estate in Columbus, Ohio, further solidifying his grasp and foothold on, you know, in the Columbus market for the type of CrossFit that he delivers, which to what many of you guys might, you know, you might not believe is a very unapologetic CrossFit brand. And I absolutely love it. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot. Me and Brandon are going to get into the the building side of this, you know, his process of going through and buying the building, um, kind of how he got there in this unique time of this OG before people knew what CrossFit was type scenario and how he's been able to maintain that kind of like revenue, that kind of production, this large, you know, Goliath of a staff that he has in this very large company. Guys, I am super excited for this. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Coden. Dude. I'm so excited. You know, you beat out Marcus Philly to do this. I originally had booked Marcus. I, we mean him. We're talking about doing this in October and just life got crazy, whatever. So now we got to pick to do it. But yep. then this opportunity came up and you buying the building, it just, uh, you know, sorry, Marcus. Uh, it just trumped that. I wanted to see this thing, man. That's so cool. I really, I'm, I'm very pumped. Thank you for so much for having us down here. Yeah, man. So do me a favor. Uh, let's do like, do a two minute wrap up as to, how you got into the scene, who you yep. are, in case for anyone who doesn't know, okay. who Brandon Conan is in CrossFit Grandview. So <clears throat> back in, I would say, around 2007, uh, right out of college, uh, I got a, uh, a job as a personal trainer when I was sub-teaching during the day. I was a teacher. And What'd then, you teach? Uh, phys ed. Phys ed? Yeah, okay, yeah. makes sense. Yep. But I never got a job, so <clears throat> they're cutting phys ed jobs everywhere and Teachers are hanging on for 20 years, and I think I got two Can I interviews. Ask you when you get yeah. a phys ed job, what are you thinking 30 years down the road? Like, like, because you you are way more business savvy, financial sure. savvy now. Do you ever look back and be like, God, I'm so glad I did not get a phys ed job? A hundred percent. But what was really cool and what got me thinking, I think business wise, the guy a student taught for, he had a a lawn business, and I worked for him after I would student teach. And uh, he broke it down real simple. I think we had like 50 lawns. He's like, I get about a thousand dollars a year off each lawn. And uh, so I'm thinking, okay, that's another 50K he's making uh, after school, part-time on top of, I think at that point he was making about 75K. Okay. And I'm like, holy, sure. holy shit. That's, like that's this great. dude's balling. Yeah. Like he's, he's making good money. So I started to think in those terms, like, okay, if I get a side hustle after I'm done, I can kind of. Okay, so it's 75 K a year back yep. then you thought was balling your gym. <laughs> that's like essentially what you do per month. Almost like you're in that 75 sure. to $80,000 sure. a month now. Sure. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. a crazy yeah. fucking transition. Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyways, um, 
it got me thinking that way. And I remember as I was going for, I, I remember thinking I'm not going to do this more than five years. If I get one of these jobs, um, I'm going to try and get a side hustle or something and then, and probably go that direction. But I really, I like the training adults more than kids, but the, uh, learning how to teach kids got me, uh, dialed into how to, how to run a group. Cause if you got 30 kids, it's a lot easier to run, uh, you know, 20 adults who are paying to be there than, than 30 kids who are getting shoved into your, your gym. So that helped me there. So after that, a guy, Graham Holmberg, he came, uh, on to work at the place that I was at and we were doing like, um, we're just doing like baseball lessons, personal training, things like that. And then I was getting more and more into CrossFit online. So we were learning how to do muscle ups. So for um, everyone who does, yep. that's listening, not familiar, Graham Holmberg, uh, what year, what, what was his, what, just give everyone the, the 22nd Graham Holmberg, who he is. He ended up winning the CrossFit Games in 2010. 10, 2010, beats, yep. out, beats out Rich Froning. Yep. The last year that happened. Yep. Yep. Okay. Continue. Yep. And uh, so <clears throat> we started doing CrossFit together. And uh, long story short, a couple years into that, Rogue Fitness, we would go over and buy rings and things like that from Rogue, which was really close to the gym we worked at. And uh, that gym had been a popular little niche spot. Every time we'd go in there, there was usually, you know, a good buzz and a cool class. And we thought it was just super badass. We went in there one day and I think there was like two or three people in a class. The coach looked like they were half asleep at the wheel. And uh, me and Graham were talking and, and we we're like, let's send uh, Bill an email and see if he needs a manager or something. So we did. Bill and, Henninger, the owner of Rogue Fitness. Yes, yeah. yes. So Bill... Um, told us he's like hey come over here like that afternoon he's like hey actually yeah come over here this afternoon so we we just drove over there that afternoon the first thing he says is uh look around at the gym he said do you guys want it i was like what and uh he's like yeah if you guys want to take this over it's it's yours he didn't really know us or anything um, he knew of us. We had stopped in and worked out a sure. few times and stuff. But there was no sharing of a P&L. There was no pro forma. It was nothing formal. No. And uh, we were we really liked the guy that we worked for and everything, but we were like, we just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And a uh, couple weeks later, you know, we gave notice and, and then we went and took over the gym. By the time we took it over, the thing had, had you know, they were getting into the equipment. They were about to move it to Steelwood. Um Long story short, we took over. We had 14 members when we took over at that point. We ran two classes a day, a noon and I think a 5.30 p.m. Okay. That was it the first month. And this with is 14 2009. Members. Okay, 2009. Yeah. So we got, I mean, we, we got after it, got the thing up and running and, and, and cranking and, you know. And this is in the, the Gahanna Columbus location. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it was by the airport. Small little kiosk in like a... Uh, you know, a little industrial park. Yep. Um, so we got that rocking and rolling and outgrew that space after a couple of years. I knew right away when I got in there, cause I would come down to where we're at currently. I was 27 at the time. We go out and party and, and whatnot there. And I was like, everyone who's around here would love CrossFit. And there was no CrossFit inside the outer belt, which is for people who are watching, it's the middle of the city. Yeah. So everything was on the, in the suburbs. There's maybe four CrossFit gyms. Little things on the, and I'm like, I got to get something inside of uh, the outer belt. So I looked and looked and looked, found the location that we eventually moved to. And, and we've been in for, for about 10 years. Um, we moved there within 
five weeks, we had gone, we had added 100 members. So we went from like 120. Five weeks later, we were at like 220. In five weeks, we were fire hosing people. Now, was a lot of that because with Graham's, like his role in the sport at that point? Was there a lot of like, but because it wasn't that popular back then, no. even, even in 09. Like, because that's, we were talking no. about it. I used to go to that Kahana location, mm-hmm. like, me and Ralph, we, me and my buddies, we'd go there, we'd drink beers, we'd work out because yep. our school, where we went to school, was just forty-five minutes up the road. Yep. So it wasn't like it wasn't the sport of CrossFit that really drove that in. Was it just the right? I mean, two thousand nine is still pre. It's pre Bach. Oh yeah, it's pre Bach. Like yep. Reebok hasn't even etched that deal. That was two thousand eleven, I think. Yeah. So we moved in two thousand twelve to that location. So that was after that was post Reebok when we moved to that location. No one had came in yet, but it was coming, and I knew it. And I'd been looking the whole time. So between 2009 and 12, I didn't, we didn't have any money. I mean, when we moved into the Rogue space, and Graham probably wouldn't be, like, mad at me sharing this because it's a cool story for, for us. We're trying to get an SBA loan. So here's our stats. Uh, <laughs> we both have under two grand in our checking accounts, no savings, neither of us. Uh, we had identical stats. Each of us had, I think, five grand in credit card debt. Nice. And 30 grand in student loans. And both had vehicles that were worth under two grand. So I think he had like a Ford Tempo and I had a, a, an old Ranger. Ideal that were like candidates yes. for, for lending. So it was like, we had no cash and no assets. <laughs> no assets. And, tons and of liability. Tons of debt. Yeah. Tons of liability. So uh, that was our stats when we got started. Did you and get the loan? So... We got, we did get it, but it was a horrible terms. Like they wanted us to pay the whole thing off in like 10 months. So they had like a balloon payment at the end? It was horrible. No, it was just like. It was just a 10 month term? Yeah, it was like a $20,000 loan and they, you know, they wanted us to pay like <laughs> five, five grand a month. To yeah, get you, yeah, it was like, no. So then we got, and, and then uh, we got a private loan. Okay. Yeah, we just got a private loan. Someone's like, oh yeah, I'll give you 20 grand. Is this like a member or a friend or something like that? It was, it was a relative of yeah. mine. Okay. Yeah. And it was a small loan. He's like, yeah, I'll give that to you. And. He did, and I paid it off quick um, once we got it. But, you know, long story short, I'm looking, build the business up. We get it to our Grandview location. And at that point, too, we it was a combination of right time, right place. That was when CrossFit was starting to, like, percolate. It was just – it was getting going. Did um, you and Graham split at that point when you moved to your the current – not the new location we'll talk about in a yep. second, but your current location. Is that when you guys split? We split a year after that. A year after that? Okay. Yep. We, he was there with me for about a year. Um, so we got there, and uh, the thing started blowing up. Um, Jim started to just take off like a rocket ship. So it was really cool, and – it kind of validated we had actually had a ton of success before that like games wise so every year we were at that rogue gym we put teams individuals and it was a small little gym the last year we were there in 12 we put Graham, a girl and a team in so to the crossfit games yeah, yeah. to the crossfit games so all three so we had some good notoriety as far as like the the game stuff went yeah um but no it was the it was the location so where we were at previous, I did a demo like thing within five, uh, within five square miles. I think there was 45,000 people at our old location. And I, where I, I was looking at our new one, there was uh, 450,000 people in five square miles. Sure. So it's like, we got to get there. Yeah. Um, and get a bunch of space, a bunch of parking. 
Yeah. So, so if you're not familiar with Columbus, Columbus is, you know, you say Columbus, but there's just tons of boroughs and little mini districts. And yep. you're in Grandview now. You started in Gahanna. Yep. Uh, your new location, luckily, is just 400 meters down the fucking road in yep. Grandview from your previous location. It's, um, it's funny, man. You know, when we connected, it was, we started working together in like 2018 kind of scenario. I think it was right around there. And I remember when I saw the name, I was like, why does that sound so familiar? And again, like, I, I literally would go down to the CrossFit, uh, the, the original Rogue Fitness back when, I mean, they had, the one thing I always remember about that, there was a bell in the middle of the gym. If you wanted to cancel your gym membership, you had to come in, climb the rope, ring the bell. And I remember one of the guys saying like, you got to do it during the one, you know, the six o'clock class, whatever class you typically go to, like ring it to yep. let us know that you're canceling your membership. Like it was hardcore. It was written in the contract. Yeah. And it was still in our contracts years later. So at Grandview, and I didn't even remember it. Someone called it out and we had to actually pull it out. <laughs> Somebody's like, I want to cancel, but I don't want to climb a rope in the middle of the six. Yeah. Class. They were like, wait, I have to ring a bell and it, i think it was their biggest class of the week it was saturday it was like their one saturday morning yeah. class you'd have to walk because they had the racks on the side you'd have to walk yep. through like a tunnel of people like like shame like that scene yes. in fucking game of thrones yeah so i think the thought process is in like buds yes correct yeah you know when you ring the bell and so that was the thought process like you're tapping out like in buds when you you yeah, know military yeah. week or 100%. whatever yeah so 100%. that was the thought process yeah. I, re I remember they had um all the so they had the, the they had the rubber and the floor and then they had lifting platforms like anyone else but they had black lifting platforms it all kind of blended in yep. and i remember the first time i ever went there we did murph and that's when rogue and rogue doesn't do this anymore typically like you see that spiel bar that singular bar but back in the day there was this if anyone's had a road rig you know around 2014 and younger a rogue rig would have a pull-up bar that had a standard pull bar and there was another one about uh -huh. four <laughs> inches above and I always had people like, why the fuck is that top four inch bar there? And when I would go there, what I was told was get your chin above the second bar, oh, which wow. eventually what ultimately became a chest, the bar pull up. Uh -huh. And I, I don't know if that was the origination of it or whatever it may be. But bottom line is like, I just remember the origins when the gym was this big and they were kind of making equipment on the side yep. and then, it, and then it flip flopped. So when you and me connected, you know, we started working together. It was just. It was so funny how full circle that came. Uh, we were even talking earlier, uh, Dan Sestoni, uh, uh, another guy who went to this middle of nowhere fucking school. I did not go to a, I did not go to Ohio State. I could not get in if I fucking, I could have blown the dean and I would not have gotten into Ohio <laughs> State. And, um, but Dan was a guy who went to my school and uh, I got in a lot of trouble and I had found CrossFit and I was doing strength and conditioning shit with some of the teams and he caught onto it. And then later on down the road, he's working for you. And it's, it's just so fucking funny how things come around full circle. So, I want to I want to phrase this up. So everyone I've done shoot the shit with is the the Kalipas and the fucking uh, the Kelly Starrettes yep. and all that, right? And but the reason I wanted to do this with you, right? You you may not have Kalipa star power, but you have done something that every single person listening to this fuck anyone who puts up with my bullshit and watches my content they would dream about the the success you've had at this thing. And I know firsthand it's not as easy as, oh, I happen to be in Columbus, right place, right time. Luck plays a factor in all sure. that shit. But I really want to talk about it. And I actually was taking some notes. I was on the plane here chugging some mimosas, and I took some notes. So since we started working together, in 2018, you were averaging around 80K a month. Mm -hmm. 2019, 85. 2020, with COVID, your average only dropped to about 80. It really was. I mean, you didn't, you didn't die. Yep. And right now, 
because you fucking suck at keeping your numbers tracker updated. I've got your EFT average. I don't have your total monthly revenue, but I have your EFT average, which is not including all the other sales you do, is already at over 80K a month yep. in recurring revenue there. Yep. These are numbers that dudes would jerk off to as gym owners to have. And at your highest, over 740, 50 members. You know, at your lowest, least numbers I've got is around 500. And that was the COVID era sure. kind of scenario. Talk to me about that. Like, I want people to be able to wrap their head around. I mean, that is a monster of a fucking business. What is the hardest thing for you? If you had to pick one of these three, sales, HR, or retention. If you had to pick out of those three elements of your job as the CEO of CrossFit Grandview, which one is the most draining on you? Um, the most draining on me, I would say is HR and we don't have much turnover. Oh no. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. That's yeah, another yeah. note I got in there is yeah. you guys have incredible yeah. staff and tenure of staff. Yeah. I'm, I'm personally like really tied up in the business. So it's like, if someone moves or leaves, it's just like, it just rips my, my soul out, you know? And cause I, they, I feel like they're like my family. Well, we were driving over here, like yeah. we're literally in the back of your truck and we're driving over and you're like, Oh, I know that guy. He's like, you know, he's walking with his yeah. fucking wife yeah. or something from the grocery store. So that, I mean, for me, that's the, the, the hardest part I would say personally, but I would say retention just because of the area we're in due to the fact that it's just a, uh, like a young mobile population. Like People are like, hey, I'm, I'm taking off. I'm moving to Chicago or, or sure. whatever it is. Or I'm from out of town or it's a lot of uh, – we have a lot of grad students or people who work for the university, whether it's uh, coaches. You got Ohio State. You got the uh, Columbus Universities down here too or was it yeah. – uh, what's Columbus – is that what it's called? Columbus University? State, Columbus yeah. State, that's it. It's mainly Ohio State, but, it, I mean, we'll have, you know, a good example. We've had quite a few, like, assistant coaches for – you know, football, lacrosse, all those teams. And, you know, once you lose your head coach from one of those teams, oh, like bye -bye. everyone's gone. So, you know, people are moving in and out of the area and we have tons of apartments and condos. And, you know, you've talked a lot about like, Hey, you get two lease cycles out of them. Yeah. Um, it's not like when we were back in Gahanna, when we'd have someone, I mean, they were, they were there, yeah. you know, they weren't, they weren't going anywhere. So people come and go a little bit, but they come too. So it's just a little bit faster churn than like a suburb CrossFit sure. gym would be. Do you like the transient market of a university town? I, you, I do. you get them in because you know they're like, yeah. you know Ohio State and all the yeah. universities around here are doing your recruitment for you sure. essentially. Sure, I, I do, but then it's, um, it's something you have to like prepare for all the time. Like, okay, here it's May. We got to try and keep revenue up and, and get, you know, a lot of get, kids are leaving school this year. Yeah, seniors. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to get, and then you've had someone for three or four years and it's kind of sad to see, see him go. go and all that kind of stuff. But no, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. So let's go back. Yeah. You mentioned HR and you, you do have very little turnover, but let's talk about the HR monster that it takes to run this, you know, essentially a million dollar a year gym. Yep. What, walk me through your staff. How many, how many staff members in total and then break that down like full-time to part-time? So we have about seven full-time or full-focused coaches. Yep. And then our front desk staff, probably another seven and they're part-time. Sure. And if yep. anyone, for full focus, it's a, it's a term I use. I actually stole it from a guy named Sean Ryder, a really good gym owner um, out of Virginia. And full focus just being, in this industry, you're not going to do 9 to 5, 40 yep. hours a week. You're going to do 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like, the average full-time employee is probably clocking way over, over 40 hours a week. It's just sure. the nature of the weird hours of group fitness. Yeah. And full focus, essentially, just meaning for anyone listening, this is their full-time thing. They don't have this and two other part-time jobs. Like, yep. they are fully focused on this career. Yeah. Let me ask you that. Walk me through. So, you, you move into the Grandview location you're currently at. Yep. 
who's your first full-time hire? Like, how did, like, talk me through that process. So it was Dan. So at the old gym, it was just me and Graham split the day in half. Sure. You know, that that was all it was. Uh, When we moved, we knew we were going to expand the schedule out. We only ran, I don't know, four or five classes a day back then. And neither of us wanted to get up at, uh, you know, 5 a.m. anymore or yeah. 4 in the morning. So we we're, we were both like, okay, we need, to, we need to hire someone and then add more classes in the morning. And I told Dan he had done an internship when he was at Musking. And when you graduate, give me a phone call. I want to hire you. I have this project in the works. I mean, that was a year and a half, two years before that. So he, he calls me and I'm like, okay, we're like six months away from this happening. Um, and it was between him and actually, Dan Bailey had uh, the the CrossFit guy had wanted to work w- with us as well. Do you ever bust Dan's balls? Like I picked the wrong Dan. <laughs> you ever fuck with him? We talk about it now, but it's <laughs> it's funny, yeah. So, and I'm I'm still friends with Dan Bailey yeah. too. Uh, but Dan Bailey would have been gone. In, yeah, yeah, exactly. In, in a he couple months, he actually been the worst employee. So Stony was a way better. A hundred percent. Dan was like so he. So my wife now, who was my girlfriend at the time, did you meet her at the gym? Yes. That a boy. Absolutely. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my wife uh, was a manager at Lifetime Fitness, and both of them um, sent them to Kate, and she got both of them jobs at Lifetime. Dan got the job before his first day, said, hey, Kate, I'm going to move down to Cookville and live with Rich. And yeah, then yeah. he was at, like, Tennessee Tech or wherever sure. they were at. So he did that, and then uh, and then I was like, okay, Dan um, – Kate's going to get you a job at Lifetime, put you on ice until we open this up. And that's exactly what, what she did. So put him on ice. He worked at Lifetime for four or five months. And then we, uh, day one that we opened at CrossFit Grandview, he was our first, uh, you essentially first full-time like, coach. You essentially yep. were able to leverage your wife's role at the Globo Gym to be like, listen, I'm going to get you a job there to hold you over because, yep. you know, you leave Muskingum, you need to be making some money, yeah. but this is the real plan. We're moving into this Grandview location. Here's the here's the big thing. Here's exactly. The, okay. So he's your first employee. Talk to me about how quickly thereafter did it grow into adding more? Because I think it's a, a lot of guys have a hard time finding that first person, yep. let alone like, okay, I got that person. And then what I generally see... If you don't realize, okay, once you get the first person, you're now on a clock. That once you fire that first time employee, that full time, full focus, their their fulfillment is here. They're like, holy shit, I'm living the fucking dream. I'm a full time coach. I might be making dick, right? Yeah. I might be making a ton of money. So compensation low, fulfillment's high. You're now instantly on a clock once you get them. And that clock is hire the next motherfucker that's yeah. gonna allow that person, once their fulfillment tank gets filled, because you open up at 5 a.m. every fucking day for 12 months. Yeah. Eventually, you know, as you age up, you're like, I don't, just not sure I want to do this anymore. Talk yeah. to me about the HR, how you filled in the rest of the team after Dan. So we did it similar to how I think a lot of CrossFit gyms run currently. We had two or three part-time coaches who who filled in a couple classes here and yeah. there. Gave Dan some relief. Yeah. Um, and then there was a girl. She was she was pregnant. She had a job. She was uh, maybe front desk at like a um, an apartment complex. And, but she was an amazing CrossFit coach uh, and, like, on our CrossFit Games team. So, But she was eight months pregnant, and we're like, okay, when you have your baby, you do your maternity leave or, or whatever it is, we'll bring you on full-time. And uh, then she ended up working for us for about six years, and so she was the second employee. And then uh, she still works for us part-time to this day. She's a firefighter now. But yeah. I should have gotten the stat out. How many years now are you an affiliate owner? Twelve. 12. Yep. Dan's been with you for how long? 
since day one at Grandview, nine points. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's an impressive stat. Like yeah. I was, oh, I've been an affiliate owner. Once I, when, when I hear you've owned a gym, a micro gym for 10 years, I give you a, a high five. When I hear you've got an employee who's been with you 10 years, I fucking jerk you off. I'm just like, I'm so like, I, cause you don't see that. That is such yep. a fucking unique thing. Like it's so rare to have that. Yep. Do you like, how do you think of your staff now going forward? Like, okay. Like, cause you've got kids, yep. you've got married, you've got new aspirations. Your lifestyle is more expensive than it was when you and Graham were splitting shifts. Sure. How do you think about creating continued compensation? Cause there is a ceiling too. this does not like the numbers sure. in their micro gym just don't climb. You know, yeah. everyone thinking this like, Oh, I'm just keep paying people more every year. Yeah. No, there's a fucking ceiling on how much you can pay somebody in sure. this industry. Even with a, a, a company like yours with, 600 700 members there's still a fucking ceiling mm -hmm. how do you think about keeping compensation and fulfillment at a level so you don't have to find dan sestoni 2.0 or do you just accept the fact that someday you're gonna have to find the 2.0 well so with with guys like him especially who've been around for a while of course we give we give raises and things like that but we try and figure out tools for them to make you know make that kind of money so um and and to raise their their, compensation. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of, I mean, they have to earn it. So with him, it's a small group that he runs and he's got maybe half a dozen people in it and he runs that for an hour a day. And you know, that's a hundred plus dollar an hour hour that sure. he's making. And then, you know, times that by three to five or, or however yeah. many days he's doing that. And then all of a sudden he's, he's nearly doubling like a, a base salary. Is he, is that more of like an entrepreneur kind of opportunity? You give him like, Hey, yeah. run this. Now does all the money funnel through Grandview and then to him, or does that money funnel yeah. to him directly? So the way it works with him is he is a, a coach with my wife okay. and it comes through her business. Yeah. And so yeah. for everyone listening, Brandon's wife is an absolute thug. I remember I got on a call with her and I remember telling him like, you might be more of a thug than your husband. Like you're fucking, this, sure. is, this I, is, I agree with that. This is incredible. She has yeah. an, uh, she has an amazing called the body biz. Yep. It's an online nutritional coaching company. Yep. Um, and I mean, I think I've got it in here, but I, I remember looking at the numbers. I'm like, this girl is making, and I don't want to blow up all her stuff, but she's making really, really strong five figures per month in profit on this online business. Yep. I mean, absolutely incredible. And so Dan does nutritional work with her. So he's kind of got his hands in both companies. Yes. He's involved in both companies. Yes. So for him, that's how it's worked is <clears throat> at a certain point, uh, I think she had a coach. It was funny because she, like some of her coaches only work, you know, half time. And uh, I think she told Dan how much this, this girl had made. And he's like, I want in on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then so she brought Dan in, trained him. And so he does nutrition and uh and then basically they funnel all their personal training to, um, to Dan. It's, uh, you know, the, the thing that's really cool about, and again, you and your wife and that combination, it, it's obviously stupid synergistic. Was nutrition something she was always into prior or was it something like where you guys, she liked it and then you saw the opportunity and you're like, oh, well now I really like it because I see the opportunity. No, she did it for a lifetime. So <clears throat> she was a personal trainer and a manager there and she just kind of did it on the side at lifetime. And she was training their dietitians on how to like do oh, wow. a nutrition business. So they had dietitians that were hired and they were running off packets and things. She's like, no, 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 yeah. no. This is, this is how you do it. This is how you like get people results and, and all of that. And she had had a, uh, like a figure show and bodybuilding background. 
So she did things like that. So she knew how to get people these sure. good results. And so she was always working with their dietitians. Their dietitians, they just flipped them constantly. Yeah. They just never really worked out at Lifetime. So they eventually just turned over their nutrition program to her. She got a certification that kind of made it legal-ish yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so long story short, she was cranking there. And we were sending her people from our gym because we didn't have like a dialed-in nutrition program. We're sending people from our gym and they were getting amazing results. And it was kind of spreading like wildfire. You know, after a little while, all of her clients at Lifetime were CrossFit clients and what they basically brought her into a meeting and they're like, hey, um, we tolerated it for, you know, a year or two. You can't work with any CrossFit clients. And it's we, just because of the Globo Gym CrossFit line in the sand kind of bullshit? Well, it was, they were... They weren't lifetime. She was running everything through lifetime, giving them yeah. 50, 60% of whatever she was making still. But they just didn't like that the people weren't sure. from within there. And they're like, we're cutting this off. You're not going to do it. We know you're going to probably leave. leave yeah. And uh, they're like, you know, you're going to turn over all your clients or whatever to us and do it this way. And they're like, you know, when would you think? How long would that be? And She's like that. Today's my last I, day. I, I, I remember I'm out of here. I was looking yeah. at it, when you told me the name of the company, Body Biz. I'm like, how is that URL? Well, how is that not taken? I had it like, what yeah. a great, what a great name. Um, yeah. No, she's 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 incredible. And it's that's thing that's interesting. Like, part of me thinks like, if I had someone come to me and it's like a client, they're like, hey, I listened to your conversation with B, and I I want to create my own kind of version across the Grandview. I want those kind of numbers. Yep. Number one. If you have a partner, if you're married or date, whatever, you need somebody who's in it and also has that entrepreneurial grind as well. Yeah. Could you imagine if Kate was not, she didn't own her own business. She had a nine to five job as a dietitian somewhere and you ran the hours you had with the family you have and the kids and all that. Like it just wouldn't work. No. I mean, realistically, and no. I, I don't want to like make a blanket statement for anyone yeah. listening whose wife is a nine to fiver and is completely cool with their entrepreneurial grind. But like yep. that would not probably fucking work. No. Odds are. No. How, talk to me about this. How do you guys talk about business? When you go home, how, do you guys talk business? Do you give her advice on hers? Does she give you advice on yours? <laughs> what is that like from uh, that work-life balance? All, I mean, all it's, that's every day, <laughs> all day. It's all day. Every time I come home, that's like what we're, that's what you're talking yeah. about. We get, we get right into it and we try and separate it sometimes, you know, we're like, okay, we need to, we need, need to change to, the topic. Change. The yeah. Channel. And we're always talking. I mean, that's just what we like to do. We're yeah. into it. She's into her thing. I'm into my thing. She's a great mom. She only works. She's at the gym. She packs in what. I would say most people would do in like a 10 hour day into four and a half hours. She is half hour to half hour to half hour bust in it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's impressive. Like she throws down is out taking care of the kids, but does it, you know, in four and a half hours. How many kids do you have? Two. Two. What are their ages? Uh, two and five. Two and five. Yep. Is that it? You do more? That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm done. How do you know you're done? You need a vasectomy? I'm telling you, I highly recommend it. No, but highly I'm recommend done. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I'm done. But, no, but I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you say that, but biology just doesn't give a fuck sometimes. I hear you. I, oh my god. <laughs> I've, uh, I've had that conversation before. Yeah. Your kids involved? They come to the gym. Do they like? You see the cute videos of like yep. the gym owner with his daughter on the rings and all that kind yep. of shit. Like, are they involved? They come by. They get an idea what daddy does. Not much. Not really. Uh -uh. Yeah, it's a distraction. Um, 
when they're older and when like at this new space we're gonna have a kids room they're gonna be there a lot sure once we have that set up it's just not set up for kids yeah i mean the gym and and i've heard you talk about it on on in some of your content like it's built for you know 25 to 36 year olds that's the way our our current space is set up. We don't have an area for them. We can't have kids running around. Yeah, yep. it's. I mean, in your demographic too, they look at kids and are like, "That's my worst case scenario." Sure. You got these twenty, you know, two year old Ohio State grad. They're like, yep. "That's the worst STD I could get right there as a kid." Sure, I mean, that's the worst thing that happened to me. Yeah. But it's so funny because we were touring your new space and the first thing, one of the first things you showed me was the kids room. And I'm like, kids room, this is the young, sexy Grandview market. And so talk to me a little bit about that. How do you vision the market growing with you? Because this is one of my arguments for why I think client acquisition is more of a priority than retention. One of the reasons is if you retained everybody, Mm -hmm. you then need to constantly move the needle of your client service. So if you retain everybody and they all start coming to you at 24, and then you retain everyone for 10 years, and now they're 34. I promise you they're probably married or engaged to some degree. They might even have one, maybe two kids. Yep. And then if you retain them for another five years, now they're almost 40. You realize the service would have to change. It can't be the same thing that they came in. And, you know, you got to have daycare. Sure. You got to dial down the intensity, not make it so whatever. You can't have as much, you know, fuck, at my gym, we used to have keg stands on Sundays. We'd do yeah. like workouts and do handstands off kegs. Like it would just have to change. How do you think of that avatar evolving? So it has, it has, it just, so our population has grown up and the offerings have changed slightly, but it's pretty dialed in and locked in now. And we hit our, our main demographics are that 25 to 36 and then 36 to 45 is that next biggest uh, crowd that we have. And that is normally earlier in the day for the most part. Sure. Um, It's just, it has evolved and what we what we kind of have now is uh, what's called our all levels class, which um, caters to everybody. And then we have like our competition class, which is our, our level two. Yeah. And then that's more of the, you know, you're doing ring muscle ups and squat snatches and all that kind of stuff on a day to day basis. So I one of the things I besides I truly love working with you in and of the, the essence of our work together. But I you are my poster child for when I get a new client who's on the fence like you're the guy who doesn't like, you know, unapologetic CrossFit. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm all for it. Sure. I actually have several examples, a prime example, let me tell you, of clients that are unapologetic CrossFit and they do it so fucking well. And the reason you've done it so well, and we've had this discussion many times, you've never really deviated. You've always like, this works. We do it really well. Yep. In fact, we probably do it better than most within a 10 mile radius. Why would we ever change it to potentially make more money. Now, for a period of time, we were working on this Rev program. We had some other ideas and stuff like that that we played with, but by and large, your core service offering, the 600 to 700 people per month are coming in for this unapologetic CrossFit. Has there ever been a time where you've been very close to be like, I should do the six-week challenge fluffy muffin thing, or I should, how were you able to stay on that? Because a lot of owners instantly want to become that Swiss army knife the second that their pocket knife isn't generating yeah. enough revenue. Cause that's, what's built everything. And, and it's what I'm into. So at the end of the day, I'm personally just into it. I like to, I like to do CrossFit. Yeah. I like to train. And then all the people who come here, that's what they're coming for. And if they look up CrossFit in Columbus, I, I think we're, you know, you're there, we're the spot, oh, you yeah. know, and, and that's what, that's what I'm into. And so at the end of the day, like if, if I was really into something else, maybe I'd, I'd, I'd start to look at that, but I, I like 
CrossFit. And, yeah. Columbus is just such a, because again, I have you, and then I've worked with a guy, someone who you're a good colleague with, Jeff Benick, yep. who's got Friendship Fitness. Yep. And you hear the name, you got CrossFit Grandview, these young, sexy competitor kind of kids, and you got Friendship Fitness. He's a little bit more family oriented. Sure. You guys are both in the real, you're, you guys are both in the real estate game now. Yep. It's such this cool parallel. And I, maybe I just haven't been fortunate enough to work with other colleagues in the same city to see that. Now, Columbus is obviously, the, it's the fucking capital of Ohio. It's a huge fucking city. But it is very cool that you can just, need, like CrossFit is not a niche anymore, in my opinion. It's a general. You got a niche into what kind of CrossFit you offer. And I remember, I would sh I screenshotted it too because I didn't know if you are ever going to change your website. The original website that at least when we started working together, it had a dude deadlifting who looked like Leonidas from fucking 300. Yeah. And it had CrossFit Grandview in the back and he was shirtless and he had, I don't know, 225 or whatever on the bar and he's deadlifting. And I would show people that. I'm like, what do you think of that? They're like, oh, that's intimidating. There's no way that'll sell. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. He can sell that. You can sell that if you go deep into it yeah. but the second you pussyfoot around and you make advertising that for sally who's 45 pounds overweight and you're going to cater to that yep. you've now deviated from this one thing have you as time's gone on obviously having to you know you've got this college demographic which is interesting you have you mentioned your demographic growing and it has grown but you still this one part. Let's think of a whack-a-mole for everybody listening as a visual. You've got this one hole where the one mole pops up. And it's just constantly the college kid, 20-some you know, twenty -some years old, young. And that's never going to change in age. It's never going to change in core values. They're always going to be drunk college kids yep. looking to get laid. But then you have these other holes where these other moles are popping up. And that's your demographic that's kind of aging over time. Yep. How do you manage the two? Because those are two different humans. Like that guy that we passed today. He said he's been a client for forever. Yeah. He definitely doesn't relate to the core values of the, you know, of the college 22 year old. Sure. How do you handle that from a business perspective? That's a tough one. Um, that's what we do here on shoot the ship. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Questions. I mean, that's something I, I don't think I've, I've really thought about, you know, it. I've never storyboarded that out and been <laughs> like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. What we do do. And, and we do, I think better, I would say, if I, that we do anything better than every CrossFit gym in the, in the entire world, we have uh, the best uh, parties and social gatherings, and we get all those people together. Everyone noticed how he didn't say coaching, community, yep. or programming. He yep. said parties and social gatherings. Yep. Talk, lean into that for me. So next Friday, we're having a our holiday party. I basically throw a wedding for about 300 people without the wedding. <laughs> we drink. We dance. Uh we have people dress up, yeah. put suits on, and, and, and do all of that. Fuck, Ralph, we should have came down next week. Yeah, we I, have a D, I have a DJ um, who's done it the last seven years. Yeah. And uh, and then the people who want to get rowdy after, they go out to a bar that's right there. Yeah. I've only done that once um, <laughs> with them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's incredible, but we do that quarterly. So it's things that people look forward to, and it just really brings and, – and everyone comes. I mean, it's it's – 21-year-olds to 50-year-olds, and we get together and we gather and everyone forms these tight relationships. The 50-year-olds hire the 25-year-olds to work for their companies. It's incredible. It's a great networking. It's yes. like a fraternity. Sor it is. It's a sorority, sorority, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's, it's almost, well, I call it like a, a almost like a, uh, a poor person's like social membership to like a fitness club. Sure. Like how people are with like country clubs. Country clubs, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I invest a ton of money. It's like, it's part of the the annual what, what budget. What do you spend on the party? On that one, fifteen thousand dollars. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I think. 
right around. Yeah. There. Yeah. The other one's not nearly as much. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those are smaller. Yeah. You know, smaller, like, okay, just, but that one is the one where it's like, everyone's ready for that. Yeah. And, and it's incredible because those are the things that I can't graph on an Excel sheet. Yep. No marketing ROI guy can get up and show you the long-term tail ROI of that. They're yep. just like, I know that this event through pictures and fuzzy memories because my members maybe take fucking shots of Jameson the entire night. Like, yeah. I know that magic happens there. Yep. And it's unexplainable. It, no MBA can explain it and break it down for you. And and any owner listening to this, I, I was the same way. You go to your own Christmas parties and you pay the money and you do the whole thing. It's one of the most dangerous positions because every member wants to fucking drink with you, want to oh, buy yeah. you a shot. You're like, I can only be here for about 45 minutes because yep. these guys are going to get me hammered the second yep. I get there. So I just drink these the whole time. <laughs> I, I stick to beer for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I got to I gotta be the mayor here. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm sipping on these, and that's why I don't go to the oh. – I want to go to the bar after. Yeah. But I'm like – I'm going home to my kids, so I was, I was happens, really lucky. Yeah. I always had Isaac to be the mayor because I was yeah. I, I you have way more discipline than I do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was Isaac to be the mayor, but I could just be like, all right, I'm just, yeah, I'll just drink whiskey with everybody. Um, never a good idea. So let's talk about. Um, I want to I want to stay before we move into the new building. I still yep. want to stay on Grandview because this is it's such a it's a transformer. And when I, like I when I consider a transformer of a business, it's this giant company. And in and of itself, it just has all these little different mini parts that are moving with it. Talk to me a little bit about, and I've, um, fuck, I don't know. When, when did I come down and we did that little like kind of meetup in your lobby? It's like, it was for, I was, I was in town for his wedding actually. That's so about where I was two going. years two ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was right before, you know, four or five months before pandemic. Got it. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So. Perfect. So I'm in there and you were able to sequester, like, I think you and me just threw up on social media. Hey, coming down, we're just doing a, you know, just coaches and gym owners, just talking and talking shop. And you had a, it, you have a very good relationship and a reputation because I've worked with other gym owners in Columbus and I've never, ever had anyone say anything negative about you. Nothing, but how are you able to, because this is a very competitive market. Sure. You are one of the top dogs in the market. Why do you think you've maintained good networking ability with other owners? And and if yeah. there's examples of not good example, like, you know, where you haven't been able to maintain good networking, sure. but like why how do you have how have you been able to maintain colleagues in that in that hyper competition that is Columbus? Well, a lot of times I think, you know, people are a little standoffish and weird when, you know, it's the other CrossFit jam sure. or, or whatever it is. And I never really felt that way. I never felt threatened by, and I was the kind of the first to market too. So it was like, these guys always kind of like popped in around me. I, I had more of, I didn't have like a scarcity mindset when it came to that. And they'll ask me questions like, oh, how do you do this? Or, you know, I, I'd say like probably my closest competitor, Ryan, it, uh, he came to that shoot the yeah. shit thing at, at the gym. Um, he came, we, you know, we text and stuff back and forth and we talked a lot during the pandemic and then Jeff from, yeah. from friendship. And I mean, our teams carry, yeah, we used to battle at like regionals, like, you know, trying to make the games and, and all of that. And, you know, we definitely have like a healthy rivalry there, but we're cool. Like we'll have a beer, you know, if we're around each other and like, we're, we're buddies. I've gone to his gym and worked out with yeah. him before. And, um, I just try and be like a friendly guy and just hang. And you because know? you were first to market, yeah. I can see, and, and obviously you've had success, it's easy for you to not feel competition from everyone who's kind of come up behind you. Sure. But why do you think, because generally, and again, I could probably go to most tier two cities in the country and 
get a similar scenario, someone who got their first to market and has done a really good job, yep. and everyone's come up underneath, there's generally some friction there. Why do you think the carries and the Jeffs and the right and all those people ha- don't have an issue with like what is it you've done? Like, uh, is it? I mean, if someone picks up the phone and calls you and has questions, did you guys ever do any kind of meetups like outside of that formal thing that we did? Why is that? Because generally, those that are both behind you looking at you, that's generally where the friction goes. Rarely yeah. is the top dog looking down on people um, the issue. Why do you think sure. that is? I think with a lot of them, I did pro bono consulting work with them. Yeah. I just, they'd want to hang and ask Talk questions. Shop. I'd let them come in. We'd sit in my office. Tons of, I mean, yeah. I did it for years i did a lot of it like come over we'll we'll talk for a half hour i'll walk you through the gym show you what i do um kind of lay the playbook out you know and just be like this is how we do it um that's kind of an open book it's so funny anyone who's done this long enough and they're like oh i I thought about getting consulting and i I told the guy i'm like i guarantee you already have i'm like think of how many coffees you've had with another gym owner where you just took your time to give them your experience and they're like oh fuck yeah i've actually done a lot of that already i'm like see you're already fucking doing it now just you can charge for it at some point sure so um all right let's migrate to what you're doing now um so obviously I'm, I, I have my note in here. I look it up. When you first came to me with the idea of, not the idea, but like, hey, I've got to buy a building opportunity. You and me had talked about this on calls prior. What if, what if, what if? Columbus is a tough fucking market to buy a building in right now. Absolutely. It's such, it's the, it's the state's capital. Everything's going on here. Every developer and conglomerate's already snatching things up. Yep. Walk me through where, how you got to where you are today? What was like, you know, the first little like, oh shit, there's an opportunity here and and just walk everyone through that. Well, I think first and foremost, you have to have the money to do it. And, and I really credit my wife. I, I'm not a big spender. I don't care about, I'm not like a materialistic guy. I don't like want to have a bunch of stuff or live in a castle that's trying to ball out that way. I like to work out and go to work and, and do my thing and, yeah. and then come home and, and hang out. And we like to travel. If we do spend money on one thing, it's traveling. We go to the beach a lot. Where do you go? Uh, Turks and Caicos. Turks and Caicos that's, yeah. that's, that's our, our spot. So that's like our spot. We go there once a year. And then um, previous to kids, we went to Cabo a lot. Nice. Yeah. So love beaches. Um, that's, you look that's like you tan thing. well. Yeah, you got good. Yeah, you look yeah, like you yeah. tan well. Yeah, my dad's Lebanese. This so, is this yeah. would be a surprise to you. I don't yeah. tan that well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love the ocean. I love beaches, so that's what we like to do. But my wife is extremely diligent on uh, saving. Um, about half of the money we make goes to saving. Um, half of half of that would go to retirement. The other half into a brokerage account that was still getting some points on it. Yep. But we could pull. Without taking a yeah. penalty. So we we did that until we bought a house. And then ever since we bought a house in 2016, we've been doing that for that opportunity to buy a building that we had talked about. So we saved again about half of our money. The market started doing good yeah. the last few years. And uh, when that opportunity came up, we just had the money. I mean, it was like... Everything we had and then some. It's an expensive game to play. It, it definitely is. But we had that 10% on a SBA 504. We had a partner actually about ready to come in because we didn't think we quite had enough money. And like every last drop, we, we, we had the, the money saved and we were able to get that 10% down yeah. um, to do the project. So 
if you don't have the money down, you need to, you need to bring someone in and, yeah. and, and, and do it that way. So let's talk about the money for a second. Yeah. You recently just went, you're within, you do an insight now. Are you doing there? What are you, who are you doing for? Who's your tax accountant? Is we we have, we have someone local? who's local. Got now. it. Okay. Yep. yep. So who do you, when you're talking, cause again, when you're bringing as much money, you're like, yep. there's a big pile of revenue and then it's all got to be allocated to these certain areas. <sighs> yeah. Is that been a learning curve for you over the years? It still is. I'm terrible with, um, I was, math was what held me back in school to, you know, take it to, you know, graduate levels of sure. college and yeah. things like that. Like that, I was. Do you have math tutors? Absolutely. Uh, no, I had math tutors too. In high school. They hated me. They called yep. me stupid. It was the worst. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> I, had one in, I had one in college who I basically convinced, took him out for beers. Asian guy and, and his, uh, his um, girlfriend was the TA who ran the class. I was like, man, I'm going to be a phys ed teacher. Why do I have to have like pre-cal? I, I can't pass this class. I'm getting D's and F's on every test. I'm trying really hard. And uh, it was the second time I'd taken the class and I needed to graduate. It's like the 11th hour of college. I'm done. And uh, I'm like, shit, here comes my grade card. Um, like right at the end, I'm like 24 years old trying to get out of college. Yeah, yeah. B plus. Nice. I don't know what he said or what happened. He watched you like with the tip came at the bar. You were trying to do your 20% tip and he saw you fuck it up. He goes, never mind. I'm just going to pass this poor bastard. I'm like that kid who's like licking on his side, like holding the. Like. Counting his fingers at the bar to see what to leave the chick for 20%. Oh my God. So that's me. I need a lot of help when it comes yeah. to that. So I have accounting meetings consistently. Yeah. I try my best to really understand it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always learning, but I'm not, I'm not good. My brain like. It's like when you're you're a kid and you're ADD, which I was. Uh, as soon as that subject comes, even when like the accountants there, I'm like holding the the chair to not like look out the window. Yeah, I, I you're like I don't even want to be having this discussion. Uh -uh, I hate it. Yeah, but I've learned slowly how to do it. Is that yeah. something you think you'll continue to learn, or do you think at some point you upgrade one of your employees to like a CFO kind of role? That my accountant sort of is at okay. this point. Like it, we we play, pay a premium service it. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So he he he's he's in he's twenty four hour on call. Kind he, of guy. he knows. Yeah. If, he, it, he if knows there's the a spike in, in expenses, he's like, "B, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we we have that that like control in place. So what was the moment? I want to stay on money for a second. Uh, what was because this will make great clickbait mini content. Uh, what was the moment where like the money hit your account and like after a month of revenue of you know, memberships where you're like, Oh fuck. Like, Oh fuck. I'm, 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 I'm essentially fucking rich. I'm, I'm, I'm killing it right now. When was the realization you had? Like, was that early on? Was it, I mean, cause you guys, I know you and Graham did, you yep. know, you guys skyrocketed quickly, but it was also 50, 50, right? Yeah. So what was the moment for you where you realized, Oh fuck, I'm doing better than most. It was the earlier days of, of Grandview <clears throat> more because our, uh, employees hadn't like I hadn't added the overhead to the uh the volume of people yet and it was a runaway train yeah which when I ended up buying Graham out affected the stock price of the damn <laughs> business a lot yeah uh because it was so profitable we had like we had two coaches a couple part-timers you know salaries hadn't met it and it we were just dumping people into this gym you know so it's you know, we're all paying ourselves and this thing's kicking off, you know, 30, 40% margins. Yeah. It wasn't sustainable at all, Sure, but it was just like, it was just going. And I was like, 
oh my god this thing yeah. is like you know it's an act like the bank account was just growing exponentially every month you guys had a good separation like um, you and Graham yeah it, it was it was tough me and him were like I would say we were like best friends and brothers so when when things weren't gelling yeah. you know at the end it was it was really um it was hard you know because we were like personally good friends yeah. and and things like that and our visions for what we wanted to do with our gyms were just the longer time went it was just forking more and more and uh you know whether we could have kept it together for maybe another year it just wasn't eventually going to work out yeah. um I still text with him to this day, you know. Is he, he still he still owns a gym, correct? Yeah, in Hilliard. So like, I'll have a memory of like something that was like funny from like ten. You'll years see ago. like a Facebook remind Mark Zuckerberg remind you a hundred percent. I'll like I'll copy the picture. I'm like, dude, remember this? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think as time's gone on too, like it, at least for me, like I have I'm like, dude, I, I have no no it's zero so heart long ago. It's it's, it's uh, I I'm good, you yeah. know. Like uh, and I'd love to you know, hang and, and reconnect more, yeah. you know, than, than probably we do. So, um, yeah, I mean, business, having a partner is tough, man. Yeah. It just is. And, and so we, we started, we were kids. I mean, he was 23. I think I was 24 or five, you know, when we, um, when we first started <laughs> yeah. doing it. And, uh, so we're just workout buddies and, you know, over time it started to grow into a business. He kind of got the family thing going before I did. So that started to change his trajectory of like what he wanted to do, how he wanted to spend his time a little bit earlier than me. And then, uh, and then just our values just started to change from, you don't really have core values. And th at least I didn't, you know, when I'm like 25, yeah. like, I'm like, Oh, this is the way I want to live my life. I was just you know, living day to day, like, yeah. uh, did I get my workout in? Sure. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that started to kind of like, you know, become more of a thing as time went, like he wants to do it this way. I want to do it that way. And we couldn't, you know, by the end of it, decide how to paint a wall, you yeah. know, it was just like, all right, we gotta. Yeah. Par yeah. Partnerships are interesting. I've, I've seen obviously, and everyone hears the stories. I've seen more partnerships go bad than good. Sure. And it, it generally is, and I'm going to make a, an assumption here. <laughs> When you partner with someone on the same skill set, so there's three skill sets and partners. Yep. You are either cash partners, your skill set partners, or your strategic partners, meaning you you have an in with something that's going to change the trajectory of the yep. business, right? So like when someone partners with Mark Cuban because they want their widgets handed out at a Mavericks game, right, on yep. Shark Tank. Generally, most micro gym owners, when they start their gym, they both start out as cash partners because I don't have all the cash. Yeah. I have about half. You have about half the cash. Let's go into it. And when you have two half-in cash partners on a business that is as um, ever-changing and volatile, sales and retention, stuff like that, it doesn't work. Now, on the real estate side, I think that's a great combination. That's yeah. what I did in my real estate, I think, because there's, there's nothing to discuss. You fucking buy a building, sure. you lease it out, and you don't really have any conversation. Who are we going to hire as the landscaping you know, contract? Yeah. Right? Like, there's not much to talk about. But on a gym where there's programming and schedules, and do we like this coach or not like this coach? Yep. What kind of clients do we want? All that. That can become very volatile. When you look back on it, I mean, did you guys, like, again, let's call it uh, cash partners, skill, meaning he had a certain skill set and you had a certain skill set, and then strategic. Did you guys just mimic each other too much? You were too much of the one of the same person, and then just your core values just changed, but you're still, like, you were ultimately, like, you know, you said, like, brothers, a yin and a yang. Yeah, I would say, exactly. Yeah. You, you kind of nailed it, honestly. Like, we... Our roles weren't, it wasn't like, oh, he's the, this guy and he's the, this guy. Um, 
obviously he was the athlete and the the celebrity and in, in, in the thing and and i was working more in and on the business sure but we didn't come into it really that way uh but yeah just like we didn't have like a hey you deal with this i deal with this and we have a very like clear understanding of of like what you do and what i do it was a lot the same and like you said whether it's a programming thing or you know this is how we're going to run yeah whether it be decisions about a coach whatever it is yeah currently now let's say let's say i stay here in columbus for the next two weeks and i i kind of watch your intros like new people coming in are they coming in due to the fact that you just have this crazy seo presence you just been there forever so google likes you or are you getting people because of the reputation of like that's a badass place to go like that badass workouts crossfit like where is the reputation for Grandview currently? Would you say, is it more like, oh, I want to get started with fitness and I yeah. go there? Or is it like, oh, I just, it's the closest thing to me. Where does the reputation come from? All of the above. Okay. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just like a pie graph. Sure. And I, I couldn't tell you the percentages of all of it, but it's all of the above. It's the web presence, uh, the social media, the... Um, which by the, the word way, of like mouth. your guys' images were so fucking good. I was like, I was making my little story post. And I was like, I'm going to steal one of his photos in here. I was like, they're all so fucking like you guys have just done such a great job oh, on thanks, the social man. man. Like I'm yeah. Yeah, really happy with that. It, it's interesting because, because your demo and with it growing, it is something at some point you're going to be like, all right, we got to like, you're again, you're behaving this whack-a-mole and don't fix what's not broken. Right. I'm a yeah. huge fan of that fucking phrase. Like stay with the course. Yep as you bring in new coaches into it and new blood into it, it, I think that's like, cause you're in your, still your first real generation of staff for the most part, or do you call most of this stuff second generation? So now generation? it's second generation okay. just now. I mean, our first generation, I would say lasted right up until 2019. Yep. And that's when we had our first mini exodus of some coaches. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. 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 And, and that's kind of happened over the last two years with, with COVID and then people moving, you know, 45 minutes away and all of that. And, you know, we lost three or four, six to nine year coaches. Um, and yeah, that's tough. I mean, so I think what I'm doing with the, it's like the generation two, what I have to work on more is reestablishing core values because everyone was dialed in on that and knew what we were all about. So these guys are coming in after this thing's kind of rolling, it's their second or third gym that they've been to. A lot of them, you know, they still have an idea from whatever their first gym was. So it's like, okay, reestablishing, hey, this is who we are. This is what this is for. And this is what we're all about. And and, and the thing that's, you know, you'll experience this now, not only just clients coming into your new facility that we're going to talk about, but um, staff, they're going to come in and be like, oh, this place is fucking rock and roll. This is like... It's like, Ritz, this is a sophisticated business, which it is, but you're right. They're going to come into, and they're not going to have the culture of what it was. Exactly. And, and there's going to be a history to it. One of my favorite stories are from corporations that done. So Belk, Belk is a department store, really big in the South. It's a, uh, one of the, ga- the, the college games that happens at the Carolina Panthers stadium is the Belk bowl. Well, Belk, like every department store has been eating dick for fucking years, right? Like all these Instagram and Etsy stores are just crushing them 1% at a time. So Belk uh, had a huge bunch of layoffs, shut down a bunch of locations, you know, mall department stores. And then they had a revitalization because all the new people they hired had no fucking clue where the company came from. 
So they took a bunch of their HQ locations on each coast and they built out these amazing kind of kind of like this, a very much like a co-working location like where we're at right now. Yep. But the walls are like an entire museum of like where Belk started and how Belk got to this and then just going through fucking 80 years of history. And I mean, like it was so much so you'd go to get the coffee or go get the bagel at the free thing and you couldn't help but start taking it in like a museum. Yeah. And they said that was one of the things that really helped change the trajectory. Now, I don't know whether department stores are ever going to be saved, but I think from an HR standpoint, I think from the stories I've read anecdotally, that really helped change the trajectory because you don't know what you don't know. And going into this scenario, you know, you have new coaches coming in here who won't know the Graham story and the Gehanna story yep. and where, you know, where you were at and now where you're going now. And they're going to take for granted this building, your, your, your building. They're just yeah. like, Oh, this thing's dope. Whatever. Like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You have no fucking idea. Yeah. And, um, how, when you think about that, is, have you given any thought about how you're going to retain that for keeping, you know, the core values and kind of where you've came from alive for the, the second generation of staff? So I think I had talked to you about the one idea I had in the lobby was to basically do what you yeah, just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a big timeline yep. of it. But I think it's just talking. I mean, it's just having conversations. It's taking those guys out for a beer and yep. being like, hey, man, I'm not like a trust fund kid. Like, you know, I told you me and Graham's story, like we didn't grow up with shit, yeah. either one of us. I mean, he's from Newark and, you know, uh, you need to make him listen to this podcast is what you need to do. They, yeah. need, they need to listen to this. That yeah, part no, of absolutely. Like we, we didn't have, you know, neither of us had shit and, and, um, no one gave us anything. I mean, we, we got opportunities and executed on them, but no, it, it wasn't like, oh yeah, we had, um, you know, our, our rich parents just kept like, sure. funneling money to us until this thing took off and, and they're bankrolling this whole thing. No, I built a business from, I did take over a current one, but it had 14 members and got a loan for 20 grand, turned that 20 grand loan into a hundred grand loan for the CrossFit Grandview. And then, uh, turned that hundred grand loan into, you know, I'm not going to discuss what I paid sure. Graham. That loan paid that one off. And, you know, fast forward to this is now like a seven-figure loan. Yeah. So I turned the $20,000 loan slowly into this seven-figure loan, you know, in a 10-year process, basically. So For anyone who's listening yeah. who's been paying attention, they might be connecting the dots. Wait, you took over Bill's spot, Bill Henniger, owner of, co-owner of Rogue Fitness. Yep. And that location was called Rogue Fitness. That yep. was just the name of the gym. Mm -hmm. And it was a CrossFit affiliate, and that was before you had to put CrossFit in front of your name or yeah. anywhere. What did that look like? Did you try, like, did you try to become a rogue? And I know the answer is this because we've talked, but I want to do it for the audience. Yeah. Like, talk to about the naming convention process. Yeah, so we're moving to uh, Grandview, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. I'm going to put Rogue Fitness <laughs> right in front of our building. And they had moved. They were literally, you know, my current location. Again, they're less than half a mile away, a couple, like, golf drivers away yeah, yeah. from where I'm at. I'm like, we're going to put Rogue Fitness right here, and it's going to blow up. Because Rogue had, even at that point, and they were the, the premier sponsor of CrossFit. Yes. They were the name. It yes. was them, and then again, Faster, and there really wasn't anyone beyond that. And I a took a lot of pride in, I mean, I ran Rogue Fitness's CrossFit gym for two and a half years. It, and I went to the games, yeah. you know, on a team and wore right. that across my jersey and stuff. It was pretty cool. And so we get there, and... <clears throat> Uh, this is a great story. So we get in there, Bill and Chris was his uh, right-hand man at the time. They're like, yeah, we want to check out your spot and, and this and that. And I'm like, so they come in, 
they walk through the gym and I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to like put the rogue sign here and this and that. And, and then he just kind of stops and he's like, Hey, Brandon, it's <laughs> like, so uh, I think we should separate, um, you know, the brands at this point. And, and I was like, I, I felt like I, I, you know, at that point I was like, man, I'm nauseous. Yeah. I'm like, Oh no, like we're going to fail. I just, I just signed this five year lease for all this money and like, no one's going to know who we are. And, and, um, and he, he said one thing and then, and I was like, okay, he's like, um, he's like, if someone's on some rings and they, they do a muscle up and they fall off and they break their neck, who do you think they're going to sue you or me? And I'm like, you, yeah. And, uh, I was like, oh shit. Okay. He's like, well, just call it CrossFit Granby. We actually, they, it was cool. They had a whole website kind of built out before we even did this. So he, he, he had played the chess game and he's yeah, like, yeah, 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 this yeah. is going to break Brandon's heart. I need yeah, to just yeah, have yeah. something to show him. Cause that's ultimately what it is when yeah. you're a gym owner and you don't have an identity, yep. like any gym owner listening to this, when they get their first website, even if that website is complete dog shit, you're like, oh, it's the most beautiful yeah. thing I've ever seen in my yep. life. And, and they, they built out a sweet website sure. for us at that point. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Like, now it's mine. Like, I'm not living off of someone else's name. Yep. It's separated. We don't have uh, semis backing up into our gym, like, trying to, like, drop equipment off and all of that. And we maintained a great relationship. I don't really talk to Bill and Katie too often anymore. But, like, I mean, the opportunity they gave me, I yeah. mean, it's changed my life. And, and I have, like, what he did there was 100% the right thing to do. And it was awesome. And I was, it took, you know, probably six months for me to see it. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm so glad that we separated yeah. this and now it's mine. And he doesn't have someone running around with his name and he doesn't have any oversight on what we were doing or anything. So I just yeah. think it, it also just speaks to your maturity as an owner. It's essentially, you could have had a moment, like a lot of owners would have bitched and whined yep. and maybe like you could have found a lawyer who might want to represent the case that because you ran this thing for a while and sure. you bought this thing, like you could have potentially yeah. made a case, but like, yeah, we had deals and yeah. things in place, but, but you zoomed out and you're yeah. like, Oh, I totally see his point of view. Yeah. And then in enough time, you're like, that's right. Like they're, they're an equipment company. Yep. I don't want to be confused with an equipment company. What yeah. happens if they become the shitty equipment company? What happens yeah. if they become a, you know, one that, does, you know, uh, too many fucking barbells break off and nine kids die on a Saturday. Yeah. Like, and now your name's a tribute. Like there's as much risk either way, but yeah. that is cause at such a young age, an ownership. Yep where you've got this name you're like, Oh my God, I'm riding this wave. I've yeah. had success. And now you're taking away my identity. Yep. I know a lot of owners would not have been able to emotionally handle that appropriately yeah. and made the right move. And obviously you did. Yeah. Within weeks of us opening, I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, Cause I mean, people were pouring in and I'm like, Oh, this is good. Yeah. You know, like this is now I can, I can establish my brand and I'm not trying to, you know, just, bring rogue t-shirts to the gym and then, you know, it's, it's someone else's thing. And like they're, I'm, I'm living their mantra or whatever it is. In so, Grandview, yeah. I always loved it. One of our, one of our first, that was our first, maybe it was like after a year of us working yep. together, we had talked about the idea of licensing or creating additional Grandviews. Sure. And where Grandview, nobody knows that's a geographical location in Columbus, sure. but that could be like, you could brand Grandview as kind of a way of life. Yep. 
um, you know, I talk with Jason all the time about like NC fit. I'm like, yep. it works in North Carolina and it works in Northern California. Sure. It's, it's a tough play. You really got to develop the brand around that name. So it yeah. makes sense to somebody. There was a moment in time when you thought about that. When was the moment in time you're like, nope, I'm just going to put all my eggs into this basket, buy a building, all that stuff. Because I think we all think about expansion at some point. Yeah. And I, I did a lot earlier on. Um, for me, it's building teams. I'm like, I, I just felt like it was really going to be hard from an HR standpoint. I know how niche it is to find CrossFit coaches. And I think that's what most of these gyms struggle with. They make do a lot of times more so than they're like, this is the guy. Yes. It's like, well, they're willing to cover this class. You're Great. the coach. Yep. And I'm never even going to watch you coach. You just, I'm just happy there's a placeholder. Someone's here and I can go take a break. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's like giving your kid an iPad, you're not exactly like, I feel kind of shitty that I'm just giving you an yeah. iPad, but at the same time, I don't have to fucking entertain you. Yeah. So we, I mean, we do, um, internships and it's a lot of local coaches and when they come in, they don't really know what they're doing. And, and, and I'm not shit. I'm not trying to shit on anyone. It's just, they literally tell me, they're like, yeah, I was willing to cover the class and no one ever, they just told me how to run a clock and then they're not even there. And I've never got even like a day of training. And, you know, with our coaches, ideally we actually, they're an assistant for months. And then we like, you run a warm up. Now you run a skill. And they're just hanging, and you're just talking to them all the time. Actually, look at this. Look how we're lining this up. And then we eventually, like, okay, you're in here. And now you're coaching this class. Everyone's seen you for three or four months. That's how we ideally do it. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's how we're, that's how we're built. And I'm like, I can't do that with five, yeah, six Yeah, across locations. the country, north, south, east. No, I'm like, I can't do it that way. Yeah. I want to do it right. Have like a a restaurant or, or whatever it is. Like, oh, when you come to Columbus, you go to that Italian restaurant, sure. whatever yeah. it is. I'm like, that's my gym. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You know, you were, you're talking about, you know, creating something inside the city that is hyper local aware people know of it, that kind of scenario. And, you know, maybe playing with the idea of expanding and then taking that away. How much of like when you decided to, okay, expansion is not the play. I want to talk uh, a little bit, uh, two things. Number one, I want to talk about when you and me were playing with the idea of creating Rev, right? Yep. That was an idea because I We love, still do that program. We, uh, yeah. Correct. So yeah. Rev was an idea that was a program you have and that we thought about making its own standalone. Yeah. But I also, let's before that, because a lot of the people who are listening to this are probably Googling the fuck out of you right now, the business, and they're like, well, what kind of model they run? How many different class? What are all, what's the, what's the, give me the, the quick 30 second synopsis <laughs> of a CrossFit Grandview. These are our options from services. Sure. So at, at CrossFit Grandview, it's our all levels class. Uh, we have the level two, which is like our comp class. And quite a few people take, take part in that. I think we had close to 30 of those like quarter finalists come out of our gym. It was one of the top 10 in the world, you know, especially at that level, we don't recruit athletes and, you know, I'm not putting up people in, uh, you, you encourage know. people to like sign up for the open and do that. Kind yeah. Of thing? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not like trying to, you know, fly in, you know, a CrossFit celebrity to like be on our team and, sure, yeah. and, you know, like gather that it's, it's, we home grow it and, and then we put it out. So at that like open level and all that, we're, we're right there with anyone in the world almost just, we have a lot of like hard chargers. So, and then we have that level two class, which is, is been, you know, a really successful program. So at CrossFit, that's it. And then we've had that second location, which is Barbell, which is almost like a sister gym to us. It's a mile away. We have Power Hour, which is a 
conjugate weightlifting program. So following that Westside conjugate program uh, from Louis Simmons and, and on all of those guys. Not the same power hour you were just thinking of. Yep. I, I heard that over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually just took the cert uh, this past weekend down in uh, Cincinnati from Chain Sweat. So oh, nice. Awesome. Lots yeah. of fun. Uh, they do. I love that you're still doing C. Like, yeah. That's awesome. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do that a couple times a year usually. Nice. So I, I just I like it still. Yeah. I'm just still into the – the workouts and the training and it's evolved like how you've talked about like the tempo training like I've gotten into that yep. for a time that's how I ran all my pandemic stuff because I'm like people have a dumbbell like I'm not just going to make them do burpees and three dumbbell moves over sure. and over again we did all like you know slow steady yep we I'm like this is the only way I can get people in shape yep. you know so we did all that tempo stuff uh through the pandemic that's how I trained everybody during that so I'm still into that uh so we do that, that that's a big program at, um, the barbell gym and then rev, which is more of our high intensity interval training. Um, I would say it's like a, um, you know, closer to that orange theory or metabolic, metabolic model, type yeah. model, yep. closer to the metabolic model where it's like, you know, we're doing heavy Russian swings, sure. and, you know, balls and bells though, treadmills, uh, C2 bikes and rowers. Yep. Same sort of model is like a metabolic type thing. It, think about, um, What's more, obviously, the CrossFit, all levels, level two, those those definitely dwarf the things you have going on. Because you also have the Grandview Barbell Club, yep. which is your 24-7 access, open gym, come yep. in kind of model. Yep. And that's also where Rev was housed. That's correct? where Rev and Power Hour are housed. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So you have those two models. Um, it, let's talk about your pie. Your pie of like where the revenue comes from, what mm -hmm. percentage is from the CrossFit classes in and of themselves? The all levels CrossFit class subsidizes all of it. Yeah, that's that's. The, if I, if I could just say anything, that's that's, that's the show. Yeah, if yeah. any of the other ones took a bullet in the head, it would be sad. But at the end of the day, it's not what's making your future mortgage payments on this building. Correct. Yeah, and and I think that's I love that because you've still played with stuff, but you have not deviated from the fact that that's my money maker. Yep. That's my queen fucking bee. I take care of that above all else. These other things have their place, and. I tell people, I don't mind them becoming that Swiss Army knife as long as the main thing, if everything else died, could still pay your rent. Yep. The issue is when that main thing isn't making money. And yeah. they're like, my solution is not doing it better, is not putting more effort and money into it. It's creating something else. Yep. And now that thing you're hoping is going to prop up your main thing. And it just, that's never a fucking winning situation. Yeah, like a boot camp or yeah. like a challenge thing to get people fl like trick people into like doing crossfit like okay we're gonna all do this boot camp for a month and then it's like you're crossfit members now <laughs> i i would that makes me nauseous yeah. to think about that and I've, I've talked to a lot of people who, who went that route and it's just like it it forced out their good members a yeah. lot of times they're just like who are these fucking assholes you know coming in here and they don't want to be here. They don't know what they're, you know, it's, I, I never wanted to do that. So I can't stand talking about COVID, but I yep. want to on this podcast because number one, when you have triple digit members, like you do in the, the six to seven hundreds and COVID hits, like I talked about, like, again, based off the numbers off our numbers tracker that we share, it, it dropped down into the five hundreds and maybe even a little bit lower for a period of time. We're oh, talking yeah, yeah, 300 yeah. plus member Delta ish yeah, for what you had, yeah. but you were so 
and I'm trying to think of another word, uh, sophisticated, mature, like you rolled out Edge, which was your online program yep. so fucking quick. I remember us getting on calls and I remember being like, yeah, okay, here's what I recommend. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, three weeks, four or five weeks is what's going to take him to start rolling these videos out. Yep. You had those fucking videos cranking in like six days. I mean, yep. you were, I mean, you were out there, you was at your garage, you had the dumbbells, yep. um, Emily, who's a, an employee of yours working there, I got yep. a chance to work with her after working. You know, she uh, was at your place. Um, she was doing a good job. Like, yep. you just formulated a good team. You hired someone specifically for your online program. Mm -hmm. Talk to me just a little bit about COVID and, and talk to everyone about what Edge was and, and how you bridged the gap during that shit period of time. Yeah, so that was <clears> – <throat> I started to see it. I think I, think I just had uh, foresight. You know, I saw it coming a little bit. So – I remember I follow like CrossFit New England, the coasts. Sure. And they started, they just started shutting down before they even got orders. Like, oh, we're closed. Yeah. If, you, if anyone followed yeah. Seattle, there was a, a girl, her name's Alyssa something. She owns a gym in Seattle. Yeah, she yeah, had yeah. a blog going yep. for weeks and almost maybe a month and a half before COVID really hit Mar in March. Yeah. And it was, if you go back and read it, I don't know if she still has it up. It's like, it's terrifying literature when you read it. It's like, oh my God, that's fucking how did we not, how is this not more mainstream? How did morning chalk up should have been posting that? Shit? How did we not see yeah, this? Coming? Correct. Yeah. Well, I, it's not that i like saw it coming way before anyone, but I was like, I mean, it, they probably closed 10 days before we did. And I'm like, this is going to come. I mean, this, this tidal wave is, is going to hit everybody. Like they're, it's not like they're going to control it on the coasts. I'm like, we're all going to get shut down. So I just started getting on Google Docs and trying, I'm like, okay, what the hell am I going to do? And then um, I'm like, okay, we're going to have to do uh, an at-home thing and we're going to have to do um, online training and videos. And so I, I had True Coach and we did a little bit of individual design and I'm like, okay, this is, we already have like this real basic infrastructure set up and I just started pulling every email and I, I, I knew I actually knew the guy who who founded it. It was like Casey Jenks. Oh, I know Casey Jenks real well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I sent him an email. I'm like, all right, I need I need capacity for like five or six hundred people who who can like get me a plan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I need to be on your enterprise plan. Yeah. Yes. And so I got that, and we just started like bringing everyone's name onto it, and then I just started creating that at home program probably two to three days before we actually officially got shut down. So I had about a week of training already and I'm like, okay, with this, so they're gonna have all of this emailed to them. We have to have a video under it that explains the whole workout and I'm gonna be doing it with them yeah. every day in the garage. So we, we like, as soon as it hit, um, threw that out, everyone got their like invitation. And I think it was towards the end of the month, you know, we got a big cancellation thing. So we had to like pluck a bunch of people out. Um, but yeah, then we started doing that. And then it probably, some people got on the Zoom classes and sure. all that before we did. But I think our actual offering was way more robust with the like, I mean, you're getting like something. You literally needed one dumbbell to do every day. And then I went all over the city and was like, doing workouts yeah. and like outdoor spots, like come here and do yep. it. And it's built to do here. And like, I remember those yeah. conversations like, Oh fuck. Like dude, just make it hyper local, make yep. it fun because these people are going to have to do it outside anyway. Yep. And it, it makes it more interactive when you get to see it done. Like, Oh, I know that fucking street corner. Yeah. I know that whole foods or whatever it may be. Uh, you mentioned Casey J like, 
I, I just got, I love true coach is like one of my favorite, like SAS products that's come out of the functional fitness scene. I know uh-huh. James Fitzgerald had a huge hand in it with, uh, when it was Fitbot and that kind of yep. thing. And obviously you know the story how Casey sold it right before the pandemic. No. So Casey sold it to what's now called explore right before the pandemic. I don't know if there was a price adjustment, but you think about what, what is Fitbot worth in January 2020 versus what is Fitbot worth yeah. in April, May, June, and July of 2020. And I, I don't know the intri- intricate details. K- I got to meet Casey and I've done work with them and a great, great entrepreneur. I, I need to get him on the podcast because anyone who understands how good that application, I mean, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. Like his, his wife did uh, her app was macro stats. Macro stats yeah, 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 yeah. She killed yep. oh, is amazing. Yep. Yeah. They, just a great, great product. Um, so Edge kicks off. Let me talk to you about Edge now, because a lot of gym owners. I mean, dude. I mean, you. you I think you saw my content. I was fucking ripping. T- I was. I was begging motherfuckers just to do something. Yep. I'm like, if you're really gonna face shutting down, or you fucking invest in a two hundred dollar camera and just get comfortable talk, like do something. Yeah. And some guys, you know, said fuck off, and they're still around, and more power to them. Some guys said fuck off, I'm not doing it, and they're not still around. For you. Where is Edge now? Because you put a ton of effort. You know, uh, I think Joe and Flex did your web, did they do your website for mm-hmm. yeah for Edge? Yep. Um, they also did your Grandview site as well too, yeah. right? Yep. Oh yeah. So uh, where where is Edge now in your ecosystem? Because it's not it's not the band aid yep. and the fucking the temporary solution you need anymore. Yep. But it's something you've built out. I mean, you've yep. got this asset. So it looks a lot more like what Chalk looks like now. Okay. So <clears throat> it's uh, off Wattify. Real quick, Chalk, uh, we're talking Chalk Performance Training. Yes, uh, Ryan, Ryan Fisher. Fisher's gym. He's got a great online training model. He's got a huge, I mean, just a, a giant following. We have nothing like that. But it, it, I would say our product looks a lot similar to that. What, what we basically do is we uh, have our all levels, our level two, our power hour, and our rev. And then an at-home option all on Wattify every day. So you can click through five different workouts on your Wattify app. You can do it from home, a Globo gym, yeah. wherever it is. So that's what it looks like now. And then on uh, Studio, which we're, Joe, st- yeah. yep, we're still filling in, I did 405 at-home workouts. <laughs> so I did it for you know 405 days, yeah. and I finally cut it off. We're backfilling it and categorizing all of it still, slowly doing that. And I think we'll use that as like a front-end offer for that product. Yeah. It's taken a back seat to this gym, though. So I'm going to get back on that one. Have you talked with Joe at all recently? I sent him an email about um, trying to make it easier, the sign-up process and things like that. And just a a deviation. So later on next week, uh, so no one's heard from him in like a year since he released Studio. His new version, like Studio integrated with the website, it's absolutely fucking insane. Like I got to see the behind the scenes of it, and I don't fucking get hard on software stuff. I'm just not a nerd on it. This shit is so crisp. It's you're gonna the fact you still have it all built in there. You're gonna fucking love the new product. Um, so, all right. I mean, I and I love that for Edge because at the end of the day, I still, especially with a transient neighborhood like what you have, even if you could capture fifteen to twenty percent of cancellations yeah. and they stay on the tit for a low price, low barrier offer subscription, yeah. where they get to still feel like they're part of the great. Like, I mean, again, chalk is a great example. I mean, Fisher could travel the country. And it, he just bumps in the people who do it. Yeah. And it's it just absolutely insane um, that a lot more gym owners didn't jump on that in the oper- in the time it was because that is a digital asset, I think, regardless. you got to build out at some point. Like, let's say you didn't build out digital content, f- workouts, whatever, 
during COVID because you were a hard ass about it. I mean, what the fuck do you think is going to happen in the next five years? Do you think the world's going to get less digital? Yeah. It just, it, you, it's going to be a thing and it's not going to be your main thing. It's going to be an amenity. It's going to be an add on. It's yep. going to be a downsell. Yep. Um, That's how I see it. Exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> we already have that built out as people leave and, and yeah, a lot of people are taking advantage of it, yeah. you know, so I'm going to No, you're good. Yeah. Grab a couple of those. Bud I'm down light. to the Bud Lights now. Here, I'll take that. Thanks. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting because there's going to be somebody in Columbus, another gym owner, who didn't jump on and didn't and thinks they don't need to do it, and they're going to try to close somebody, and they're going to be in the closing process, and they're like, yeah, but I for twenty bucks a month I get edge. So how is this that much better? Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh fuck, I'm now competing as a brick and mortar. And trying to get the attention of this person who has edge at home or chalk or street yeah. parking or whatever it is. And I think until gym owners run into that conflict and that sales obstacle more often, it's not going to become a pain point for them. It's just going to be guys like me talking shop and they're like, ah, fuck it. I'm never going to have to do that. Sure. But it eventually will be a fucking pain point. Yep. Guaranteed. Let's um, let's jump to the building. This is I'm beyond excited. Obviously, with everything I've had going on and the gym real estate company, the timing of this when you and me started talking about this, it was, you know, this is a great wealth play for you. Yep. Walk me through the conversation you've had with your, you had with your wife, you know, people that you trust financially, your accountant, when did this really manifest? And again, and the, and how did the opportunity present itself? Cause again, yep. you, I mean, the fact that you're, you're so closely located, you're going to lose 0% of customers when you transition because yep. it's 400 meters away. Yep. Talk to me about that. So <clears throat> the having a, Owning my own bit, uh, owning my own building has been on the radar for a little while. Yeah, you got you a good one. Yeah, there we go. That. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he didn't ask for water. I'll get the water here get the water, later. The I'll finish up water. with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, I think we talked about it probably in our first damn conversation. I was just like, man, I want to own, I want to own the building I'm in. You know, I'm as far as I'm into, I'm pr I've probably paid a million dollars in rent. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, and. Instead of into equity of sure. some sort, I'm like just thinking about that. It's, you know, I'm like, okay, if I if I want to do this forever, this is the way to go. You know, and that that's I don't know much about real estate or anything, but I'm like, if I really want to do this, like I can't sell as much as this business is. You know, it's generating cash and things like that. If I'm out of here, it, it's it's a liquidation. Yeah. You know, I don't have an asset here, so. I knew I, I wanted to build an asset. Um, so nothing was available anywhere around us until this building, again, 400 meters away. Luckily, uh, right before the pandemic, one of my buddies is a, a real estate broker, a really good one in, in town and sells buildings and stuff. And he's like, dude, there's one real close and it's big. And I think this is like, come check this out. This is... I'm getting nervous though. I think I talked to you even like the day before. I'm like, dude, this COVID thing is gonna like not be good. Yeah. Um, the bank's not gonna want to do it. No. That, yeah. So we walk through. We walk through the building. I'm like, yeah, this could work, but just with the price and everything, and I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't feel real comfortable with it. Well, we get shut down. Now, you mind sharing what? Do you mind sharing the price of the building? One point five. Okay. Yeah. So one point five million dollars flat plus upfit. Or is upfit and baked into that 1.5? No. Yeah. So 1.5, what's your upfit cost? A million. Yeah. So, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, I was doing my story today as I was going to the airport about as I put two and someone yeah. like, I mean, every DM I got was like the big eye emoji, you know, yeah. fucking guys like, yeah, but that's like, you don't realize his outfit is almost is as literally much, yeah. as much expensive. I think everyone's like, oh, yeah. my girlfriend's dad's a GC and we're just going to knock down a few walls. No, motherfucker. You have no idea the Pandora's box yeah. you opened. So, yeah, to, to that point, um, I thought it was going to be, I'm like, oh, yeah, $100,000 or, or, or whatever it was. This isn't an upfit of, like, just trying to make this thing look like, uh, you know, some brand new brewery or something. This is getting it from this horrendous industrial condition to commercial code so we can get a final and actually do it. This is, like, basic shit, like HVAC, all-new electric a roof, the driveway, like yeah, yeah. all it's, it's not like fancy stuff that it's a fire code system. That's 80 grand, you know, all this weird stuff that no one's even going to see. Everybody thinks yeah. outfit projects are like Freddie Prince jr. Movies where he takes the nerdy girl whose hair is down or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And she's got glasses on. He just takes the glasses off and lets her hair down. Yep. And she's now a 10. She went from a fucking six to a 10. No real outfit projects are like going from if you're, if you if this chick or guy, because I'm gonna get some shit for that, uh, was a goddamn leper with uh, you know syphilis and psoriasis, and then taking it to an not like an seven, like we're not talking. This isn't the Grand Bohemian Hotel you're opening up. This yeah. is a, a really aesthetically pleasing micro gym CrossFit affiliate, but a million and a half dollars is what it takes to take ten thousand square feet. And I don't have my phone on. Yes, I do. She, she's all that. Is that yeah, the building? Yeah, I, I knew that. <laughs> so let's just do some math on it. How many square feet is the building? Uh, 23,000 and some change, yeah. 23,000. I remember when you told me the numbers. Like, oh, okay. It's big. <laughs> 23,000. You're paying right around 70 to $80 a square foot. And um, in smaller, as projects, as anyone listening to this, with commercial projects, the smaller the square footage, your it goes higher. So for mine, which is per dead on, I was around $130 a square foot for 10,500. So yep. it's about double your cost. Smaller the project, the higher the square footage goes, the bigger the project, generally the lower it goes. Yep. Um, so you get this location, talk to me about, cause everyone's thinking, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm not even listening to it. The dude's killing it. He's making all this money. I can never afford anything. Like, walk me through the financing part of this in, in buying this. Cause we, we had had discussions cause obviously you were you're talking banks. You yep. had a member. You, just walk us through yep. the financing process. So initially, I'm like, this is just way over my head. I don't. I don't I've never done anything like this. So I had uh, <clears throat> the real estate broker. He was like, let me see if I can put. He's really good at putting together deals with multiple partners. He had actually found uh, a couple people who were like willing to put the down payment in, um, more or less. Then I'm like going to run this business and and pay for their building and I would get 10% of the building, sure. but at least I'm getting some equity in a building. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, that, that might work. And then we had a member who, uh, this guy is, you know, he probably doesn't even want people to really know this, but he's, he's a really savvy real estate investor and he does, um, storage units and he just knows what he's doing. He has it. He has all these connections with attorneys, um, you know, people who do the surveying. I mean, everyone. And he, he was a strategic partner, cash yes. and strategic. Yes. So he was like willing to 
literally just help us out and like I'll be a partner on this building and then you can buy me out if you need to. Well, as we went into it further and further, it was like, man, this is going to cost us so much money if we bring partners in to buy them out of this and this and that. And it's like, okay, if we scrape together every nickel and dime we've ever made, I think we can do it on our own. And it's just ours. He stayed on and he's still this, helped. He's like as a consultant. He still helped for nothing. I mean, he's just the power of the members within a gym, right? This dude's the man. Um, his name's Cole Ellis. Just like, yeah, give him a shout out. Yeah. I, I mean, this guy is, it, it, this, this doesn't happen without no, him. That's powerful. So he's, he's helped me with everything. I, I like, I couldn't have got through this whole process. And then Peter Merkel's the real estate agent again, without him just turning me onto it. Um, wouldn't have been able to, but so we, we, all the savings that we've, you know, through this 10 years of having the successful gym. Okay, here we go. Boom. We're going to push that in. That gets us our, our, our 10% on the whole project. And, yeah. uh, so that got us going, um, with that biggest obstacles right off the bat. We just have to get this thing zoned. It's an industrial zoning 400 meters away. We had got it zoned. They said it was an error. Like you shouldn't have had that. Yeah. So we have to go into like, uh, like these meetings and I have to bring this guy in front of city, you yeah. know, city zoning and city planning. And, so I have and to bring in a badass lawyer who is just really nice guy, but just knows his stuff and like, Hey, this is arbitrary. And they, we had to sit through like a two hour meeting where they basically, we knew we were going to get it, but then they like, we're like, okay, so we're going to say it's this vote this way and they had to do like 10 different things and then okay we got like a a conditional like you can have a gym sure yeah conditional zoning yeah but just so people know that was twenty five thousand dollars easily yeah Uh, i went through rezoning myself and it's it's also one of those things where that's honestly the fact that you had a good broker because there are so many owners that like oh yeah yeah no no the broker's like yeah you're good to go because he's just <laughs> sure. he wants the lease signed or the building bought yeah. he gets his commission check and yeah. now granted you could take him you know take him down for uh you know negligible omission and all these other kind of things but at the end of the day it's ultimately these guys are not they're you're you're one appointment of the day as a broker and the fact was the broker a client as well or just someone you knew. Yeah. Long, see, long time member. Yeah, see awesome that like that's yeah. like I uh, that's again we were talking about this on the drive over. That's one thing I will truly miss is that relationship. Like yeah. all my best relationships came from owning a gym. So all right, so you're able to get through. You get through the zoning headache, and the biggest thing that a lot of people don't comprehend at first is now you are at some point you are paying two times over. You still are a tenant in your current facility, yeah. and you just had to come out of pocket all the cash you've saved up, everything you and your wife have worked so hard for, you've now had to put towards here and you're being pulled like it's like fucking Mel Gibson and Braveheart from each side. Yeah. Um, talk to me about, a little bit about that because that is a very, because I was there too. I was, yeah. I had to pay, I was lucky enough I got my bank to charge me, I only had to pay interest only on the building but I was still making my full, you know, more, I was still making my rent payments on the other one and I mean, paying twice on that, it's tough even if you're doing well. So that's where we're at right now. We're doing the interest only currently. And then this will be our last month that we're paying rent in both our old locations. Again, that, that real estate broker kicked ass and found us a, uh, a subtenant for nine months paying what we were paying at the end of 10 years of a lease, you know, 
awesome job that he did there. And I'm going to be getting out of this without having to keep paying. Do you pay him a commission on the subtenant? <clears throat> I think he'll get one. Yeah. 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 I think he'll get one. Um, his honest motivation, he just loves the gym. And he's just like, yeah, man, I want to help you out so we can keep this going. Cause he's, I mean, there was a point it was like, it wasn't, it was looking bleak or it was going to look different. Like, all right, we're going to go into a little location. You know, I, I, I saw the story of like CrossFit roots, you know, sure, yeah. I think they had to move into like a location, yeah. a third, the size we were, lo we were staring down the, the pipe of that, you know? Um, but yeah, he got us out of that. So I'm only going to have a couple months where I'm paying both like the interest and that, and, um, so yeah, it, it's not going to completely, but it, it, we were prepared for like a year of it, you yeah. know, it, it would have been bad. Yeah. And you're, I mean, so we just walked through the place and I don't know how much B-roll cut into here into these clips, but, um, there's, I mean, it's, you're, you're pretty much there. I mean, there were guys putting up rigs. I mean, there was, yeah. you know, he, I mean, it's, it's very, very close. Currently you're planning on moving in on the 27th, right? Um, we have to, yeah, we have to, is that your, that's your outdate? I'm out January one, so got I've it. got three days to like dust out the the rest of the stuff. Yeah. That's the Monday after Christmas. Yep, which is on Saturday. Yep, but I mean, I, again, with your kind of community and the, what you have got a good enough staff, you'll have plenty of help, and I'm sure you're able to sure. deploy some of the GC guys and stuff like that. But it's that's tough. I mean, I remember we got uh, we were being evicted from my old location because they were selling it, and I April one, and my CO, my certificate of occupancy. Um, March had not come through. I mean, the very end of March had, and I got an email at like 4.45 a.m. in the morning from my GC on April 1. You got the CO. You can officially move in. And it was just like, all right, get the fucking U-Haul trucks. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. I mean, it was just, it was fucking, it was brutal. It was tough. Oh, I bet. Um, talk about the transition because it's with the smart play. We talked about this. Take out equipment piece by piece, yep. right? Like keep some in there and alter your programming accordingly. Yeah. And everybody will forgive you because they know this is for the greater good of moving yeah. to a dope new spot yeah. how would that cause any issues or was everyone on board with that yeah that's how we're doing it yeah i mean one way or another i mean if we lose 20 to get 200 uh, sure yeah you know that's the way it's got to go um it's been pretty it's been okay so far because we've plucked you know like reverse hypers and some stuff like that we're gonna wait till the last week to pull the rowers and bikes out uh but next week we start you know, pulling all the storage and then, you know, bells are on the ground. Yeah. You know, things like that. And then I do have movers coming in the Monday we're actually open. They'll pull our current rig down. And luckily this moving team is again, a stroke of luck. One of the guys who works for them worked for rogue for eight years. Oh, he's, he gets it. And he was always on the games teams that put him up. He's like, yeah, we can do this. Nice. Yeah. So they're, and then they're going to tear our technology down Tuesday, so we'll have about two weeks going back to the old whiteboards. Nice. Yep. Till we get the internet and Wi-Fi and all that up. Yep. So we're going back to the old whiteboards for about two weeks. So we'll we'll take all the TVs out and start yeah. putting those all back up. And then, uh, you know, the last couple days we'll pull the the barbells. We'll have, I think, in our last two workouts, you know, we'll have barbells and weight, and then it'll just be a body weight the last day. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like that. But yeah, it's like. Are Just you trying to figure and, that out? And we talked about this, but like, again, this is a perfect opportunity for like a, uh, a grand opening, grand reopening kind of thing. It's yep. at the perfect time of the year. It's coming into a January, New Year's yeah. kind of thing. I, I, 
and we'll talk more offline on this, it just it's the perfect opportunity to capture new souls, new yeah. bodies, new interests, that kind of scenario, especially with the layout you have now. You're going to have a kids area. Yeah. You've got all this built-out area for the you know, for the additional services that you're going to have there, your wife's company is going to be in there. Um, there's a little coach's lounge. I mean, it's, uh, your, your the open gym barbell area is fucking incredible. I bet I made a podcast recently where I truly think that hybrid model is, I think the future going forward where yeah. you have a group class thing, but there is also an open gym thing, but that open gym thing is a lot more of the functional variety. Yeah. Some, maybe some of the, the isolation shit, if you want kind of scenario, yep. But just because the training sophistication of the average fitness enthusiast, the training age is so much higher now than it was 10 years ago. 100%. Before, it was just, you go to a global gym when you don't know what to do. Because you could pay $10 a month, $40 a month, and just kind of just, I don't know, dick off. And just kind of like, what is that big guy doing? I'm going to do that too. <laughs> and then it was eventually, if you had enough balls, you you know, bibbity bopped over to a fucking CrossFit gym or some kind of boutique, and then you got involved that way. Well, fast forward a decade everyone's training age, everyone's more sophisticated. People yep. are like, I want to do Wendler. I want to do kettlebell training. I want to do this. And maybe every now and then I see a workout that they've written that I like, and I'm going to jump into that class. Yep. And I, I think you're beautifully set up with the, with what you've got going on there. Yep. Let's talk about the building as what it is. Uh, you are now a real estate company, right? You have a gym. This gym makes a lot of fucking money, but you are ultimately a real estate company. How do you think about the building in a decade or so from now? <clears throat> I haven't got that far. So I, I, I honestly haven't. But the one thing I do know is if one thing or another happens, I do have an option now. So yeah. I have a building. I have an asset. I have something that I can lease out. It's set up really good to warehouse stuff and to run a, I mean, you could run some cool whatever it is. Sure. It's a, it's a nice, solid building now. So I have that rather than, Oh, it like where I'm at now. Oh, your lease is up. We're not going to re-sign you. I guess I'm liquidating equipment and then I've got to try and figure out another location or find another line of work or whatever it yeah. is. So now I have I have an asset that is a business in itself, you know, if you get a tenant sure. or, or whatever it is. So I now I own another business essentially. Yeah. yeah. One thing I'd rec like give it a couple years get another, pay the two grand, get another appraisal done just okay. to keep an eye on the temperature of it. Sure. This is turning into one of our calls. Um, uh, keep an eye on the appraisal of it. But the one thing that's crazy popular right now, they're just investment portfolio companies yep. that all they buy, they buy buildings with tenants. Yep. So like when I put my building on the market, we get this just under $4 million offer, say no to it. The second we announced we had a 10-year tenant in there, it went up to six. Wow. Yeah, because- they're an investment firm. They're like, yep. we want something that cash flows. That's it. That's all we buy. We don't buy empty buildings. We buy full buildings, cash flowing tenants. And your gym will be a cash flowing tenant. Yep. Now, ultimately, again, you've got this awesome, you've got a very deep bench. You've got deeper than most will have because of the magnitude of the scale of your operation. But again, it, you know, how old's Dan now? 31, 30, 32. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. I'm 36. So yeah, he's got to be yeah, 32, 32 now. Yeah. You know, he's four, five, six years, you know, he's in that, he's in that pocket where like, he's slightly more of a flight risk at some point, sure. right? You know, every, every staff member is slightly more of a, a flight risk as they age closer to 40 and beyond. Yep. Um, you just don't see that many 40 year olds in the boutique fitness space. Sure. And that's one of those things where it's like, well, fuck. All right. So do I do this as an investment property where I'm the fucking tenant in it? Cause guess what? If the tenant doesn't perform, 
I'm still, because you're ultimately, no matter what age you are, you're still the owner. Yeah. And those employees can always transition out. It's just one of those things like, I looked at your building, I was like, oh, this could be a brewery. This could be an events space. This could be a, a, this could be an office, like a fucking, any company could put their HQ in here. And I think you've set it up beautifully as to what that could be. Um, I'm, I'm super excited for you. Again, there's not a lot of guys that have been able to, to do that thing by a building. Um, and honestly, I think if we, if we were looking at this like two or three years from now and you hadn't bought a building, I'd just be like, what are you doing? You're one of the few people who can fucking do this. Yeah. Like you're one of the, you're, you're lucky enough to be one of the few micro gyms that could actually do this. Why haven't you done it? And again, you're in a budding tier two market that it's a tier two markets are the most expensive now, New York, Chicago, LA, Miami. They're all top. They're all, you're paying 45 to 55 to $65 a square foot per year here. It's like tier two markets, Nashville, Columbus, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, San Antonio. They are so overpriced. They're so close to tier one markets. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's really fucking hard. And then it, like right now, if I'm a gym owner in a tier three, so you're thinking like the areas that are not as well, like buy it now because yeah. everything trickles downwards, a tip of the spear type economy. And, and you want to grab something while you fucking can. When you guys think about this building and like your role as the owner, because you are one thing, you are a very involved CEO. You're not one of the guys who wants to sit at home and yep. not be involved in the gym. Does anything change now that you own the building? No. No? No. I'm going to be there more probably, uh, especially early on. In the beginning, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're yeah, still yeah. finalizing, getting everything pretty, all yeah. that. So I've, I've taken myself out of the business more to – get this project done and then I want to re-inject re myself in there more because that's what I kind of like to do you know I like to coach I like to get in there um I think I'm a big asset to the the business as far as like from a coaching and just relationship standpoint um I, I like doing it yeah. and I work at it even when I'm just training in the classes it helps the gym people are like oh yeah that's the owner and then he's my buddy and we're working out and we're friends and we go out and have a beer here and there and like I like that whole, I just like, that's what I like to do. So I don't see that going anywhere anytime real soon and, you know, going off and trying to do anything. I think this is what I want to do. Yeah. So, and it's been that way for 15 years now. So do you yeah. see yourself doing anything else in the real estate space now? Or is it like, this is it? I'm good now. Uh, maybe in the, like, we're talking about like from a real estate yeah. perspective, because now you have, um, and, and remind me, did you have a real estate? Did you form, you formulated a real estate yeah. LLC? Yep. So you have two options now. You either pump, you lower your profit margin in Grandview, yep. pump it into your real estate company. We're already there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So is that, do you, do you see that as maybe a future play? Like doing more, more real estate Commercial, projects? Yeah. <sighs> not anytime soon. It just, the magnitude of this project, not, no. How many years off your life do you think it took? <laughs> the last two years yeah, yeah i need i need i need some r and r yeah honestly like once i get this thing going go to turks and caicos man yeah, just fuck off for a couple weeks yeah like i'm gonna need it man yeah. it's it's been it's been a tough couple years it's a second job and i try yeah. to explain that i've got a couple of guys right now with the gym real estate company that i'm working on that you know with the building i'm like well, give me a breakdown of your week they're like why what does that have to do with the building i'm like bro you don't understand. I remember you and me talking yep. about color coding the schedule back in the day. Like, dude, you have no idea how much fucking time this yep. thing is going to suck out of your life. Yep. It's incredible. I think, I think what's hard to do is I want to, I don't want to like bitch to clients or my wife or whatever about like, 
well, I have to do this. And, sure. you know, I'm always at the other building and I have to like, but it's hard to understand it until you're in it. You yes. know, it just, it is. I'm, I'm ping ponging all over the place. Home, the current business that's going. Yep. That seven days a week. Yep. All, I mean, people don't understand. It's like, oh yeah, I haven't seen you. I, I didn't see you at the gym this weekend. Like, yeah, I was working the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And when you buy a building, uh, the most frustrating part is that a lot of the headaches you have in the work yeah. is not things you're 100% in control of. Yeah. It's trying to organize this MEP engineer to meet with the architect yep. and have the conversation and get it to the city. And it's it's like hurry up and wait type work. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. And it's not, it's not just like, okay, I'm moving this to there. Yeah. Like it's, you're just, and you're juggling a million things and you're, you'll forget about something. Like I forgot... I was, I'm in this like negotiation with the city. They're reappraising the building. Yes, Cause yeah. that, that. Your prices happen every eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So the, they reappraised the, the sale of the building re triggered this yep, appraisal. appraisal yep. And uh, so I'm negotiating with this law firm that represents the school board or, or whatever it is. And they're just like, yeah, we'll circle back to this. Then I just got a letter like, Hey, your hearing is this day. And I'm like, Hey man, I thought we were, you know, negotiating this sure. and we we basically had a deal in place it's like oh there was some covid legislation that you know might change it we can't do deals this way stick a fork in it for two weeks and and then we'll we'll we have to kind of come back to it and, and that's just and that, a stressor it's sitting on your back big time and it's not and it's it doesn't sound like much. This is like tens of thousands of dollars a year. For everyone listening, what he's yeah. talking about, his appraisal obviously impacts his property taxes yep. at the end of the year. So uh, Charlotte just went through their eight-year recycle. And on my, prop my property taxes on my building now are just under 10K and a year. And, but that's up from 6.5. Like, like, you're like, holy shit, that's almost double in property taxes from an eight-year Ours is like 40. I know, which is, again, I, when I look at, like, we were, uh, me and Ralph, we were driving in here, I'm like, I'm so fucking glad Charlotte is nowhere near as big as Columbus. Because, again, it's all property tax-based. And you look at 40K, all right, so out of a year, that's what? How much a month is yeah, that? Yeah, it's $2.9,000, you know, $2,900 a month, whatever that comes out to be. And like, they just hit you with it twice a year yeah, or whatever, you say, know? Yeah, by the way. But, you know, that's the thing, like, even when you look at in the future, like, when you set up a lease for Grandview, do you charge them as a triple net lease? Do you yeah. make Grandview pay for your property taxes, insurance, and common area maintenance? Because yep. you have a lot of fucking common area now. Sure. Like for you to keep up that building, I don't know what you've budgeted out yet. We can talk about that, but there's that's going to be a, a nice line item on your thing. And like you, you were joking earlier, oh, no, we're already taking the profit margin of the gym down. That's the nature of just owning a building. Everyone's like, oh, you own a building. It's fucking easy. But like- and I made a joke about the landscaping being the only thing. It's not really the only fucking thing. Yeah. Like, when is this HVAC going to go? And HVAC for your building? Whew, like, my roof. My roof is going to be done in about seven years. That's 40K easily for my roof on 10,000 square feet. So let's call it 80 plus K for yours. Yep. Like, it's just all that kind of shit that people don't factor in. Um, that's why, you know, again, at some point, you're like, fuck. It's so expensive to be here. If I charge my gym what I actually need to make money as a real estate company, yeah. it's 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 tough to do. But yeah. now you're in a position where if you ever chose to, you could pivot and you could look at Charlotte Brewing or uh, Columbus Brewing Company, who would easily pay you thirty two thousand dollars a month for the building and fucking be like, oh, well that's that's a different scenario. Sure. Um, 
the one I, I the one that I love about you is that you are still a gym owner at absolute heart. Where yeah. I think I phased out of that at some point. I like I vicariously every time we get on a call, I just absolutely love the tenacity you have as a gym owner. Like even you tell, like, I didn't even know you went to that fucking Shane Sweat fucking yeah. sir. I love that shit absolutely yeah. so much, and I'm I'm beyond proud of you, man, and all the work you've done. This is it's so fucking cool to see someone do this. It's so fucking hard. Um, Dude, I wish you nothing but the best with this thing going forward. Real quick, I want last question I want to ask you. Yep. Anyone who's thinking of going that route, the buying the building route, what advice, words of wisdom do you have for anyone who's playing with that idea in the back of their head? Start saving money. <laughs> I mean, make sure you can do it. You know, <clears throat> if, if you have a good business, you can do it, but someone, you're going to have to bring someone in and then they're going to, they're going to own a piece of your ass forever. So, and, and that's fine. And they, you know, they're bringing the money to the table and that's, sure. that's their part of the business. But for me, I like to control my own destiny a hundred percent. And and if there's any advice, it's stack that money and live below your means. And I've always done that. I've never, you know, I'm not buying like a cool car or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty basic. And, uh, and I think, if anything, that's what's allowed me to be able to do this is just live below my means, like make sure you've got a good business in place. But yeah, I yeah. mean, that's as simple as that. It's like have the money ready to deploy. And I had it for a while for the building I wanted, you know, it was like, okay, 10% of a million was, was there, but then it was like 10% of two and a Point, half yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yep. that's a different story and that's hard to save that it is that's it hard is. to save that and have it liquid ready to go correct and that's we're also not easy we're talking about a prime market where you know for a lot of people listening to this they're probably yeah. dealing with smaller purchase prices that yeah. kind of scenario yeah. but yeah you're right um rich is sexy nice car yeah brand new clothes go to the fucking games every year and yeah. get a suite whatever rich is sexy wealth is boring yeah it truly is yeah uh, but um you know i i think it's a great example uh, B, again, man, thank you so much. Yeah, it was man, just this a is pleasure. fun. Thank you so much yeah, for coming buddy. on. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely.